This is a $13 trillion market that is ready to be disrupted by crypto. Money is pouring in as this sector gains a ton of momentum. So in this episode, we're going to break down what this is and some of the projects that we love. Welcome to The Bean Pod. This is your place for all things stocks and crypto. From beginner tips to expert picks, use this as fuel for your investing journey. Because when you're in the know, your money will grow. This episode of The Bean Pod is sponsored by BitGet. BitGet is the most user-friendly and secure crypto trading platform for both beginners and experienced traders. BitGet is the best place to not only trade Bitcoin and Ethereum, but also all the small cap gems that we discuss every day. With 24-7 customer support, leverage trading, and a wide array of other advanced features, BitGet sets itself apart from every other centralized exchange. Through Beanstalk's official partnership with BitGet, you'll receive 15% off all trading fees when you sign up using the referral link in the description. views expressed by speakers on the bean pod are solely their opinions you should not treat any opinion expressed on the bean pod as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a specific strategy but only as an expression of their opinion this podcast is for informational purposes only welcome to the bean pod this is shane aka the jolly green investor and this is josh the nifty investor today we're going to be revealing one of the hottest up-and-coming sectors of crypto which has been valued at 13 trillion dollars that's an absolutely massive market and there is momentum that is now building. The reason this didn't take off in the past was because it kind of happened at the very beginning of the bear market. But now the infrastructure is being built. And this is an awesome opportunity to start paying attention because it could be one of the biggest sectors to ever exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, we just saw Binance Research, Binance Labs, just release their official report on the sector. And typically that's kind of a sign once like the big boys start saying, look, this they're gonna we're gonna add this as a category on coin market cap. You know, Binance Research has done their here are the best projects in this. When they do this about out sectors, it's usually the, uh, this is gonna start to hit the quote unquote mainstream. So the sector we're talking about today is called DPIN. So it's basically a fancy term for decentralized physical infrastructure, right? Yeah. So it's kind of an interesting one because the reason that it didn't take off in the past, you mentioned it, kind of the timing was was bad because it launched at the, st- at the top of the old bull market into the bear market. But also from what we learned from actually talking to uh, the CTO of Syntropy was that the technology hadn't quite caught up to the idea, mm-hmm. right? So basically everyone had this grand idea of building decentralized infrastructure, you know, taking the power away from the centralized uh, companies that control all of the physical infrastructure of the world. The idea was great, but the technology, the speed of blockchains, the scalability, the gas all that kind of stuff. It just wasn't up to par, but now everything's changing. So this is the time that we need to look at it. It's true. We're finally seeing the evolution in blockchain protocols. And this is seamlessly going to bridge the physical world with the digital world. And there's a lot of really amazing benefits. There's some categories that, that we can cover. For example, like the ca- cloud storage market, that is going to be a, a deep end. That's a $5 trillion market. We have wireless networks. We have sensor networks, energy networks. All these networks, which are multi-trillion dollar industries, are becoming decentralized physical infrastructures. Yeah. Um, the aim is to build these, these infrastructures so that everybody can contribute and be rewarded. So it kind of like enhances and speeds up the, the development of this infrastructure. For sure. And if you think about basically, you know, what the, what's the whole point of blockchain and crypto in a nutshell? It's privacy, uh, security, 
uh, tr- transparency, all these kind of things, which the blockchain brings all of these great features to decentralized physical infrastructure networks. So think about some of the, you know, the, the base case example. So we could t- be talking about things like Wi-Fi hotspot networks. You know, we saw old co- older companies like Helium mm. had a bit of success. In, but again, I think they were just a bit too early, right? Yeah. So now we're starting to see maybe a company like like Grass, mm. who, who we've, we've uh, been farming their airdrop, right? You know, they're doing decentralized um, data scraping and stuff like that. Uh, you could be talking about things like decentralized power grids, EV charging stations, even things like AI data training. You know, when it comes to, we'll talk about a few examples of, of the projects we like. Yeah. But if you think about machine learning and data training, the physical infrastructure for training these machines is all centralized. Yeah. But now with DPINs, we can decentralize that and also give access and give people rewards for participating. So the opportunity is huge. I think that's a huge thing. It's like when you look at the legacy system and the way things have been built, like a traditional telecommunications company, it requires physical infrastructure and employees. And then you have to, you know, it's limited to certain jurisdictions. With this, it's not a centralized entity. It's a decentralized entity, which means you almost have an army from around the entire globe who can continuously improve and enhance these networks Mm 24-7. So you think of the speed at which things can now be built. It's 10 to 100 times faster. For sure. And even if you think about, you know, say the example of, of helium or grass or anything like that, it's really about if something gets critical mass as a decentralized physical infrastructure, a D-PIN, it can scale so fast. So say you wanted to start a telecommunications company. Like, first of all, it's not going to happen. Second of all, think about if you wanted to do it from a decentralized point of view. From a centralized point of view, all right, you have to build these towers, build all the infrastructure yourself, you know, fund it yourself as a centralized company or raise funding. But decentralized, you're taking advantage of the resources that people already have around the world. So what Helium did is they tried to, you know, all right, everyone has a phone. Everyone has an internet, uh, you know, a modem or a router. Connect all these things and you can create a decentralized phone network. So that's the way it's like by getting the community involved and leveraging what is already existing, decentralized, person-to-person, peer-to-peer, things can scale a lot more rapidly. And I think that's what we're going to see with D-Pins. Not only is it faster, but it's also because it's cheaper. Right. Right? So like you said, it's like permissionless access to infrastructure that people already have so we're talking about like access to gpu power you know we talk artificial intelligence how and how much gpu power is required to build these high performing computing uh computers as you know we just saw with the apple vision pro you know and what you can do with that so you're gonna need rendering to help you know build up these amazing dApps that can be built so essentially these gpu chips are super expensive you know, that's why NVIDIA stock has been doing so well. Right. People realize h- how much these are needed. But if you have a few people in you know, India who have some and you have this idea in Canada, you can now start accessing these GPU chips from, you know, around the globe. Right. And another thing, it's, you know, again, going back to this like central ethos of crypto is censorship, right? When you're creating a physical infrastructure and people are providing data and then the centralized company owns all your data, well, that's kind of the world has clued into the fact that maybe that's not the best way forward because one, you can have data breaches. Two, they can sell your data. All kinds of shady things are going on in the background. But if it's a decentralized, a D-PIN, you know, it's maybe more censorship resistant um, because it's secured on the blockchain. It's, you know, I'm not going to say unhackable, but very hard to hack, right? There's a lot of advantages for having private data not centralized and on the blockchain as opposed to held in some cloud server in Google's, you know, Google's offices or whatever, right? Yeah, having the decentralized cloud storage is absolutely massive. Mm-hmm. I was, 
because it's not like a headline you pay attention to. Unless you do the research, you're like, holy fuck, there's a lot of data that actually gets lost every single day. It's like cyber attacks, tech failures, human errors, billions upon millions of records are lost daily because of these centralized entities. Yep. So when it's stored across the cloud, it's not just on a single IP address. It's, you know, it's over there. It's over there. It protects the data, which is the new oil and very important for everything moving forward. For sure. And, you know, this all, all this probably sounds like, okay, anyone who's listening right now, these decentralized physical infrastructure networks sounds like a really cool idea, but how do, how do, you know, at the end of the day, people want to know it's investing, right? How do, how do people profit from this? So before we start to get into the actual projects that we like in the deep end sector, I just, a general thing about the deep end sector that is very inclusive is token rewards, right? Yeah. So the reason that these projects, when they gain critical mass and can scale so fast is because look, get involved, give us, you know, quote unquote, access to your, your internet connection or give us location data from your phone. One example I saw was like, all right, they want to measure noise pollution around the world. So they're measuring noise pollution from people's phones around the right. world and they can see in real time how bad noise pollution is in different cities. What do you get from you know participating? You get rewarded in a token. A centralized uh, infrastructure network, a, a phone company or an internet, all you're doing is paying. Yeah. Right? That's yeah, all you yeah. do. You just pay money <laughs> to get the service. But with this... You can actually contribute and get paid, right? That's yeah. crypto flips it on its head, which is beautiful. Rewarded for sharing power, mm-hmm. rewarded for maybe coming up with new algorithms. You're rewarded for securing the network. Everybody's rewarded. And then as the token goes up, the more you're incentivized to provide even better data and better algorithms, et cetera. Yep. And it creates like this snowball effect. And it's like, it just starts to drive that token pricing up. And that's, and that's a beautiful thing of crypto. You can actually get in yep. and be rewarded for your efforts. For sure. All right. So should we move into a few projects that we like in the deep end sector? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So we actually revealed this one on our show last week or a few weeks ago. Uh, one of our top deep end picks is called OPSEC. So this is decentralized cloud computing. It's pretty easy to understand. Um, you know, cloud computing uh, companies such as Amazon, AWS, Google Cloud, Microsoft Azure, these guys, almost every single app or website that you've ever used is probably run on a centralized cloud server. OPSEC is coming along and saying, look, we can do this in a decentralized manner. So again, it's it's more censorship resistant, power to the people, and they've got some interesting connections in the AI industry as well. Yeah, so they're deploying their first ever BitTensorTau miner on their testing machine. This will be used to hyperscale their infrastructure. Mm. Eventually, there'll be more miners deployed and eventually across other blockchains as well, like a Kadena or other proof of works. Yeah. So this is really, really big for OPSEC and, again, even some of the other projects like BitTensor. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, anything to do with BitTensor, we always always look into it. We want to see if it's legit or not, and this one looks pretty cool. Um, Basically, OPSEC is like... There's that whole thing about RDPs, right? Remote desktop protocols. So by by leveraging people's IP addresses and private networks, plus getting this whole AI thing in there, they're kind of building this this decentralized, artificial, remote worker internet uh, infrastructure. It is, I will have to say, it is an early stage project. So a lot of this yeah. stuff is is still in development. That's why you know the market cap is only like 15 million, right? Yeah. So you know, high risk, high reward, early stage. But if you're looking for a, a small cap gem. That's relatively still unproven, but we think looks pretty cool. Check out OPSEC. Yeah, blockchain infrastructure that's kept secure and private, falls mm-hmm. into the cloud computing, deep in narrative and AI. Yeah. Ticks a lot of boxes. Again, early stage, but looks looks promising, especially looks- as with that association to BitTensorTau. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we, we both own some of OPSEC. Yeah, so we might as well talk about BitTensorTau yeah. as another one. Absolutely. Um, you know, obviously, this is a project that facilitates a decentralized network, 
for machine learning. And again, as we alluded to earlier in the episode, it's about who's sharing the best algorithms, who's sharing the resources. The, the Only the top AI models are rewarded and kept in as a subnet. And, that, and then each subnet kind of feeds off of each other. Yeah. Right? So this infrastructure is building the hub for decentralized artificial intelligence. It's funny because, you know, when you talk about these different D-pins and the centralized competitors that they're kind of going against, it's all the same. So with OPSEC, I mentioned Amazon, AWS, Google Cloud, Microsoft Azure. Well, BitTensor Tau, if you look at the centralized AI industry, who are they going up against? Google Bard, OpenAI, owned by Microsoft, right? So it's, it's crypto blockchain technologies going against the big four or five tech companies that run the world, right? Yeah. So it's the same narrative over and over. So BitTensor Tau, you know, me and you, we can't really contribute or get rewarded from ChatGPT. No. We can pay for it. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And we do. It's great. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? We can't actually, we can't provide our data and earn from that. But with these, this company, you know, BitTensor Tau, one, the Tau token is, sits at the middle of the entire ecosystem. So you can buy it, you can contribute it to the different projects, you can stake it. And as you said, all these subnets are decentralized, but learning from each other. So people can actually get involved with them, profit, learn, and actually contribute. I'm going into the Discord, uh, going through each subnet. And man, the amount of minds in there right now, like sharing data and giving these algorithms and like what they're doing. Yep. Special place, man. Yeah. That's like, it's us right now. I feel like it's us against the four big companies. Yeah. Google, Microsoft, Amazon. It's like, yo, now's your chance to actually participate and be part of history yeah. in the making by being part of these decent, decentralized uh, projects. For sure. Like we always say, you know, we love BitTensor Tau. BitTensor is decentralized AI, just like Bitcoin was and is decentralized finance. Only 32 subnets right now. Eventually they're going to have like 64, 100, whatever. A couple yeah. thousand. Yeah, there's <laughs> honestly, the, the we've been obviously OG BitTensor guys, but the more I research it, the more conviction I have, the more, yeah, the more I'm excited about this to see it grow. Yeah. So the fact that it fits into another emerging narrative just, again, just reinforces our thesis with that one. Absolutely. So the next one I want to mention is a project we've been talking about a lot lately. As I mentioned, we interviewed the CTO lately. So that's Syntropy. This one, um, they actually released their own article about Deepin, and they fit into Deepin in a bit of a different way than the last two projects. Uh, they're not necessarily like, you know, competing directly with Amazon AWS or, or OpenAI. Uh, they fit in because they're providing the data layer for Web3, which all of these decentralized infrastructures kind of feed off. They're, they would be like, you know, I know DPIN st stands for Decentralized Physical Infrastructure. They're almost the infrastructure for the infrastructure. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. The data layer. Providing like on-chain data between all the blockchains. Mm -hmm. But it also ties into Web2 and almost assists the legacy companies as well. Yep. So the decentralized internet routing, which they have, uh, DARP, which is like a patented protocol that they have, transforming how data is routed uh, over the internet. They yep. look for a more efficient and secure pathway for this data to be transferred. And again, data is the new oil. You need real-time data to have these Web3 applications run at scale and speed. So uh, Net is definitely one in the deep end category that we love. For sure. And one of the reasons we've been talking about Syntropy, not only because it fits into the deep end narrative, but because of their insane roadmap for this year, uh, their main net is going to be launching sometime in, I think, Q2, Q3. And at that point, the Noya token, Syntropy's token, actually becomes gas mm. for data. So when people start to use the Syntropy net, Syntropy, you can think of it as basically like Chainlink, but Chainlink takes Web2 data, puts it to Web3. Syntropy takes Web3 data from all the other from every blockchain interoperability and shares them. And people are going to start to need to use Noya, the token, to use for gas. So 
Noya for gas, that's when this, again, we talked about token incentives in Deepin. That's your incentive to not financial advice, but hold Noya, right? That's, that's, why, a, that's why we hold it. Yeah, it's like one of our other, um, you know, I think it's sitting around between somewhere between a $50 million and a $100 million market cap. Mm. And we found a number of those throughout the bear market that are all now sitting at like 150, 200 mil. Yep. This is another one of our little small cap gems that, you know, we can see slowly growing and becoming like one of the hottest names in all of crypto. For sure. Yeah, this is this is a long term hold for me. Um, another name I wanted to mention, it's kind of, it's along the AI narrative, is Cubic. Mm. Yeah, so Cubic, we, we've kind of started to do research into Cubic. The way that it fits into the DPIN narrative, in my opinion, is because miners are contributing towards machine learning algorithms to mine tokens. Whereas like with Bitcoin miners, you're just solving kind of random complex math equations to prove that you're mining. With Cubic, the miners are contributing towards machine learning and thus earning tokens. So it's again, it's decentralized machine learning algorithms. I think that's pretty cool. And I think that fits right into the narrative. Yeah. And then the other one we mentioned earlier in the episode is Render, Yep. Um, you know, with the GPU power sharing. So people can put up a project that they want to get rendered. You can borrow, you can <coughs> pay it with the render token to get a project rendered and yep. put out, out there as well. Yep. And then we can look, maybe look at like something like uh, Alliance Block and XRA and yep. uh, the decentralized wallet do a Right, yeah, for sure. As well. And also, I mean, yeah, as I, I think I briefly mentioned it earlier in the episode, we've been farming a lot of this grass token right. and grass was officially named in that Binance Labs report on DPIN in the DPIN. The DPIN AI sector was like BitTensor, grass, and like something else. And also there was a Mazari report as well that came out yep. uh, that had it as like a web scraping protocol, yep. which will potentially could be using right as well. Interesting. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, we kind of went in on this grass thing saying, look, there's not really a downside to it. Let's farm it. It looks like a cool project. It's backed by legitimate VCs. Now to start to see it being mentioned by Binance and, you know, Masari, it's starting to add legitimacy. So if you've been farming grass along with us for the past month, Things are looking good. So hopefully we get a big fat airdrop out of that. I one. hope so. That'd be yeah, sick. Yeah. But uh, yeah, look, I mean, that's kind of our rundown on Deepin, unless you have any other uh, names you want to mention. No, actually, I'd like to hear from our community if there's any um, Deepin mm. uh, altcoins or projects that we've missed. Yep. Maybe some of that, that are up and coming. Let us know in the comments. We always go through, the, through those comments and try to figure out what's another good project that we can highlight. So mm. your feedback is greatly appreciated. For sure. Yeah. So um, yeah, let us know any other Deepin projects. We'll have a look into it. And uh, yeah, that's it. Hey, tune to the next episode. That one is going to be a banger. All views expressed by speakers on the Beanpod are solely their opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed on the Beanpod as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a specific strategy, but only as an expression of their opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only.